0: This is a place for storytellers, a place where thoughts, dreams, and ideas come to life. Join me on my journey to unearth the real stories behind real people. No labels, they're just humans. Hey there, happy Monday, or whatever day of the week it is, because it might not be Monday. This is episode 33 of They're Just Humans, and I'm your host, Liz. Today's episode is something that should be mandatory for everybody to listen to. My guest today is Ryan, and she is an incredible wealth of knowledge through all of her life experiences. Everyone needs to listen to Ryan. That's all I have to say about that. She literally needs no introduction because she is just so fully herself that she does that all on her own. So sit back, buckle up, but relax because Ryan is going to give you a dose of everything that you need to hear in the best most loving possible way. Enjoy. Now we're recording. Oh no. <laughs> it's all beginning now. Yeah, it's all good. It's just like a con- it's just a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just
1: two, two crazy ladies. Yeah, two crazy that ladies. That randomly met at a country club. <laughs> yeah, see?
0: Look, you're already doing it. You're already introducing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Okay. Uh, today I have on Ryan. Oof. Your last name is Alaska, right? No, not okay. even. Okay. I have you in my phone as Ryan Alaska, and then someone called you Alaska, and I was like, wait. Is that really her last name? Because I have heard my phone is that. And when someone called you that, I was like, I was having a moment.
1: Well, everybody has that moment once or twice. Um, It's common now. So I'm called Alaska. My crew is a wild, diverse group of children and adults. And there just so happens to be two Ryans in one room that happen to be the leaders of the pack. So to differentiate and give everybody a little lean-to. I let them name me, oh. and they picked Alaska, and that was it. So as, as a 17-year, having lived a lot in Alaska, I feel totally creepy about it sometimes because it feels just so ingratiating to myself because Alaska's this beautiful place, and I'm all like, oh,
0: yeah, call me Alaska. You're a beautiful human.
1: And I hear that a lot, but I still feel so like, <laughs> 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 Embarrassed about yeah. it yeah. when anybody from Alaska is like, what? So, yes, they call me Alaska. My last name's Kuhn. So in a general topic, we don't necessarily call me by my last name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's hard to differentiate when you have two Ryans that you need to – Ryan. Ryan. Sure, right, right, right. right.
0: So they call me Alaska. And I completely – yeah, that makes sense. And now
1: everybody thinks it's my last name or my first name or some variation of that. And then when they find out my actual name's Ryan, they're like, well, why do you go by Alaska?
0: Yeah. And then they find out that there's two of us. Yeah. Well, I knew your name was Ryan, of course, but I, I think, no, I put you in as in my phone before I heard anyone calling you Alaska. That's the weird part of this all <laughs> is because you had told me about living in Alaska. Like I, I knew that. And so I, I just put you in my phone as that, that is weird. Eight. I mean, it's not that weird, but it's kind of weird. The world is weird. Yeah, it is. Things
1: happen. I say things all the time, and then it happens right in front of me, and I'm like, oh,
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Put it up, yeah. This world is funny like that sometimes. You never know. It's super messed. Um. (laughs) There's so (laughs) many of us on this planet, too. Like, the intersection of human interaction, how many times I've met somebody that has known somebody I've known before, that, like, we're randomly in a whole other side of the country.
0: You're like, you two people shouldn't be... No. The chances through chances me. Like, and the right. chances that you would meet and talk and
1: make that connection right. together is just my faith in humanity is regularly restored by that fact. Ooh, I love that. Every That's, time. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how did we meet? Like how Right, right. A synchronicity. I like to call that stuff synchronicities because I think it's more than a coincidence.
1: Oh, it's the total alignment of life. Yeah. Like when you're walking on your path and things just start making sense and it's like Oh my Lanta. Yeah. How did this happen? <laughs> yeah. And then suddenly everything feels the same linear way. Like you're just like, oh, everything makes sense now. And you start meeting people that you're like, what? We have all these crazy things in common. We love these things. And then, you know, that's what life is. You meet a bundle of people and mm-hmm. you just pick and choose the ones you love and the ones that bring you beautiful light into this world. It's all you can ask for. Mm. And the, beautiful and people to w- share your world with.
0: And learning from them. Like, oh, yeah. Like, learn someone, so much I know from someone might just blip into your life for just a moment, but you learn so much that oh. you carry through life with you, right? Like, well, and segue, I, it's, it's, it's important
1: to put it into a conversation sometimes for people that don't know me, because it talks, it explains a lot about who I am. I went to 13 schools before mm, middle school. There we go. So, between kindergarten and sixth grade, I changed schools. 13 times. I was a new girl 13 times. I was also the girl leaving 13 times. Wait, was that every grade then? Basically, sometimes twice or three times in a grade. Like third grade, I went to three different schools. I was in Montana, Indiana, and New York.
0: Oh my gosh, you weren't even close
1: to one No, and not all of them were for more than a couple months. Because the military, are you army brat? No, uh, my father's a journeyman electrician. So, A what? Journeyman electrician. So basically like industrial electronic you know, when they do a, a rebuild on a building, when they refit a factory floor, when they build, you know, the, the big ball in Orlando, uh, it, my father built that.
0: Wait, at like, he- Disney?
1: Yeah. He like originally was one of the original. I
0: have it tattooed on my elbow. You <laughs> oh, are you kidding me right now? Not even.
1: So in the 80s. This is
0: something, this just happened. Yeah. We just talked about this.
1: Yes. So in the 80s, my dad was one of the original. People working on that. Is project. your dad still alive? Yes, yes, yes. I saw him this morning. That's why I was like, why <laughs> wouldn't stop talking to me.
0: I need to talk to your dad, <laughs> Disney man. Stop it. Yeah,
1: he's touched all sorts of crazy things. That- I could
0: cry right now. That oh. is like, it is. I I have a tattooed on my elbow, like galaxy. Oh my gosh,
1: yes. the world is so funny. Liz. That is so
0: weird. Okay, Spaceship Earth is the name of the ride, but it's the Epcot ball. I just yeah. call it the Epcot ball, but. Yeah. He helped build that? Yep. Did the wiring on it. Does he have any, like, piece of something from it <laughs> that he kept? He probably didn't, well, did just he? Just the memories in his head of being I don't, inside yeah, of it, Yeah, I don't want to, like, get into your whole dad here. You just blew
1: my mind. But, um, but that's why I've had such a unique life. Yes. Because my father has chosen a unique career path. Okay. So instead of putting us somewhere and, you know, working elsewhere all our lives, there was a lot of our lives that we picked up and moved with him. When a job was done and he was like, I'm done with this state, let's move. You know, I'm done with this town, let's go. You know, we'd just pick up and move.
0: And that was life. And your mom?
1: Was a resilient, crazy. She was just good with it. Oh, she was, let's do it. Let's go, let's roll. She didn't love it all the time because, I mean, she was the one responsible for the kids and packing and all of that. You know, he'd be gone for 12-hour days, sometimes seven days a week. That's what his career was. But then he'd come home. And he'd be home for a week or two, and he'd be home for the whole week mm. with us. Mm. And he'd be dad. He, you know, take a shooting on a day off, and we'd be out on a Monday or Tuesday doing something crazy that mom had no clue about because she was at work and dad was home. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so we yeah. got to do the fun thing with dad. So he always made time for his family, even though he worked so hard and often was so far from us. Mm. That, you know, occasionally he did work away and we would travel to him. Mm -hmm. So I've seen and done and been to both oceans on each side of the continent. I lived in Hawaii for a brief period of time. I grew up in Alaska and Montana for the majority. So I'm a very outdoor wildling, nature friendly, horses, animals, farms. Mm. I'm a, I am how did i end up in simsbury connecticut you all the time. everybody's like how did you get here i'm like oh
0: rolling on a tumbleweed <laughs> got stuck in a country what club What <laughs> place have i not been to at this point i had to check it off my list
1: yeah i mean to get here i literally drove across the country in seven days
0: yeah Just oh my gosh packed
1: up pulled my stakes, and left west coast and
0: showed up here um okay i want to go back to your childhood just a minute did you assume your mom was resilient you said that but um did looking back on your life and all your adventures and moving that many times do you wish that you had had like a home or do you feel like home is where the heart is because I am
1: my home yeah like I learned very young that I am I'm it (laughs) i'm it
0: (laughs) how did you know that from such a young age like people are in their 80s that don't know that it's the
1: hard stuff (laughs) 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 to to say it gently it's the hard stuff i i moved 13 times who's the worst person in the room respectfully the new girl she's the first person that everybody's like oh we got a new one let's figure her out and I learned quickly that people are sometimes not your friends and they will pretend to be your friends just to find out the fun and good and juicy bits about your life. And then that's fodder. <laughs> so long ago I learned that me, i met, i got me. And if I have me, then I'm good. Nobody else can infiltrate. Nobody else can bring me down. 99.9% of that comes from my mother. She was the cornerstone when I would come home and be like, these people are just terrible. And she would remind me that, well, people usually are speaking from a place of their own hurt and that your life is a reflection of you and their life is a reflection of them. And they treat you the way they do because that's how they feel about themselves. So you should probably feel bad because you don't treat yourself that way and you don't talk about yourself that way. And you don't talk about others that way because you don't talk about yourself that way. There's a break. So she raised me very young to recognize the way that people treat me as a reflection of them, not a reflection of me. Mm -hmm. And that I am responsible for how I feel about me. And that I need to focus on who I am as a person. I need to be a person before I'm anybody for anybody else. And that was, I mean, they always used to joke that you should have a life before you become a wife. Mm -hmm. as a family, like that was kind of like a thing. Like you should have a life before you become a wife. Like my mom said it many times to me, like you are important before you become a mom and a wife to somebody. You have to find you. So I've been finding me since I was like 12.
0: Yeah. And (laughs) And that's if you want to become a mom, you know, not everyone wants to do that. Um, And sometimes
1: you recognize early on that you do, but you also recognize that that's not attainable for everybody. mm -hmm. That either through life circumstances, it's a responsibility. I mean,
0: you're, a taking, on a,
1: you're taking on a future adult. You're, you're raising the future of America as a whole. I mean, the world as a whole. So you need to be cognizant of that when you make a decision to bring somebody into this world. Are you capable of loving somebody no matter what happens? They could be born perfectly uh, under all guises, normal. And then six months in, leukemia. You find out you have a rare genetic anomaly in your child that they're going to suffer for the rest of their lives. Like, Those are parenting decisions that like you can't make that choice mm. right now. Like, How would you handle it Like, other than to recognize that that is the inherent risk of having children? As you can have a child with Down syndrome. You can have a child born with Tay-Sachs that you don't know is going to die three months into their infancy mm. randomly without your control, nothing you could do to treat it. It just happens. Life is like that. So I approach parenting and motherhood as a potential, never guaranteed option in this world that if you don't want to be a mom and you want to be a happy, live in her Chelsea Handler life, (laughs) by all means, please, if you don't feel equipped to raise children and you don't want to take away from the life you've created for yourself by giving, Life to somebody, Hmm. then yeah, own it. Of course, that's that's a good good choice for you because you've made that choice with your heart. You know how you feel, and nobody else can tell you how you feel. So when you've made that choice and you know it sits right with your soul, it's okay. Choices and people, you can't get mad how somebody chooses to live their life. No, I don't want people to feel like they have the right or the entitlement to tell me how they feel about how I live my life either.
0: But that's so much energy, like. why are we, why would we put so much energy in caring what other people are doing with our oh, lives? Gosh. I know people do that, but it's like so oh. much energy.
1: Well, and you take into consideration like the culture we live in. Social media is everybody's choosing to show their life, and some people choose to show all of it good, bad, ugly, and sometimes too much. Yeah. And then some people. Post twice a year, only the important things that they feel comfortable and enjoy sharing,
0: or feel like they should. Yeah, and some people because they have to check a box. Just don't national dog social media. They don't care.
1: And I'm I'm, like you. I later in my life, I really became one of those people that I'm like, I just don't really care. Like, if you looked at my Instagram, you'd see like daily posts, and then slowly but surely, it's like once a year. Yeah, maybe like I'm just alive, but. I enjoy seeing all my friends' children grow, and I keep it because there are memories there from my mother that I can't replace, that Mm. after her passing, like, Mm. this is the one little digital footprint she has that, like, no, I'm never going to delete my Facebook because she's there. But do I put everything on Instagram and Facebook? Do I, like, share my day? No. Does anybody know what's happened in my life in the last two years? (laughs) They're about to. No. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really talk about what has happened in the last two years and the transitions that have taken place and where I have chosen to take my life in a career path that I now understand is like, this is where I want to go. This is it. Mm -hmm. Figured it out. Yeah, your life's not a movie for everyone to view. No. And while you're making big changes, sometimes privacy is, I mean, important. Mm Mm-hmm. You don't have to share your life with everybody. You mm-hmm. can share your life with the people you give and give to you. But you can have limits. And boundaries are important. And that's an important part of growing up and being an adult is learning boundaries. Mm. And how to gently put them in place with a, this is it. Boundaries like you, are You tough. respect it or you see less of me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not mad and I'm not going to run around and, and disparage you and make you sound like a bad person because you didn't like my boundary. No, I'm just going to set my boundary and move accordingly and if you can't step in line then we'll just considerably be out of step for the rest of ever. Sure. Like it's just part of life and I'll just keep you where you need to be. Mhm. I am me. Across the moat. I am me. I am controlling who I am and how I behave. I can't control who you are and how you behave. Mhm. That's on you. Yeah. So I Number 1 rule in life,
0: that that's on you. <laughs> how you do is on you. You need to be a motivational speaker amongst your other things. <sighs>
1: That's the benefit of being my friend is you have a pocket version of me. Like anytime you needed a, hey, I'm falling apart, I am the first one to be like, bitch, put that shit together.
0: Oh my gosh, I love you. And I'm so happy this is recorded so then I can like <laughs> listen back to it just on my own. <laughs> <laughs> Once a morning. Once a morning. But
1: it's, it's, it's life. And like I've, I've lived a unique life and there are times that I... C- I recognize that and it feels again like I'm just so full of myself that like I'm so lucky that I've lived this crazy weird life and I embrace that crazy weird and understand that that makes me who I am Hmm. and there's absolutely not a single person on this earth that is me. There's nobody on this earth that has done what I have done, seen what I've seen and experienced what I've experienced and come out the other side and been able to channel that into loving people harder and being kinder and more gentle and bringing people along instead of being like mm, you can't have this light you can't have this energy you can't have me in your life like no oh, people are messy and oh, things are struggling sometimes and your best friend can stumble and fall and you're the one that goes ah, get up <laughs> get up we don't stop mm-hmm. we keep hustling homie. onward onward and like that's been my role in life and by nature my friends do it for me now They turn around and go, oh, no, 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 no. That is not who you are, and I know who you are. Step up. This is not Ryan. And that is a nature of having been open with all of my friends. Hmm. My closest, dearest friends, they have access to me. You want to know the dirty, the nitty-gritty, the inside thoughts? Like, yeah, I'm a human. Come on in. Take a sit. I'll tell you everything you want to (sighs) know. Oh, I love it. But you're not going to get that from me on just fresh meetings like course nobody should be like that but am I one of the warmest nicest kindest people you're ever going to meet yeah because I don't want anybody to ever feel like I felt walking Mm. into rooms where I was unaccepted Mm. that's just not how I move is that a good thing in this life definitely have I made wealths of progress in my life because of it yeah it all came with that dirty little
0: cost though of having a really traumatic childhood that I know later on, yeah, do you, you I mean you have to look back at out. that eight year old of you or however old you are, I always relate things to an eight year old but um, are you sad for her when you look back at that?
1: sometimes, sometimes, and because I know what happened to her was unfair. It was not okay, and nobody should treat others like that because it it went past verbal hmm. the The stuff that happened to me between kindergarten and ninth and tenth grade. Crossed lines were no, nobody ever deserved to be treated the way I was, which is why I don't. I don't. I don't accept that behavior from others. And when people behave like that, you're gone. Mm. There's like no questions. I don't wonder if you're going to be a better person tomorrow. When you show me who you really are, which it doesn't have to be me, we could be out at lunch and you could speak ridiculously. Inappropriately to the service staff. And I will now wonder what I would need to do to receive that from you because you're capable of it. And I know it. Even at my maddest, I don't want to hurt people. My life is a direct reflection of the fact that I put as much good out as I can. And I'm not ashamed of that. Mm. My life is good. I have a happy, wonderful homeostasis of my own. I don't need other people to bring me joy but I enjoy people. It's fascinating. i accept you
0: in my life. It is fascinating that you went from all that hurt, because you could say hurt people hurt people, right? Yeah. You just spun that on its head, and you took it in the opposite direction. You were like, this is what I'm not going to do. Yes. That's amazing. That was my mother. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you talked about how amazing your mother was. Um, okay. So
1: all those times that... Things would happen, and if I ever raised it to the point where we ended up in a principal's office. I got sent home. My education got disrupted. I got told, you're the problem, you get to go home. While the person that bullied me, physically assaulted me, hit me with things, got to go back to class and pretended like everything was fine. So we'd go home, and my mom would reiterate, this is not you. You did not cause this. You are not the problem. People are not allowed to treat you that way. The way people treat you is how they were raised in their home. I will never treat you the way people treat you. So never forget that. Like, you're safe here. My home was safe. My mom was safe. Mm, That's a big deal. reminded me constantly that these are people that are going to come and go from your life. You choose who stays. And would you choose to keep these people? No. Where are you now? And almost 10 years later, (laughs) after her passing, you know, that was a cornerstone in my life where everything that had led up to that moment could have gone the complete opposite direction that it did. That could have been that moment that I let it break me Mm. and let it be what took everything out of me. Because she was one of my favorite people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She was just so wonderful, and like, even after her passing, the people that would come and just be like, your mother was so kind, and she went out of her way to acknowledge that I was struggling, and you know, being an adult offered me a life raft of, if you need a person, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Even like suicidal friends that I had no idea about that, like, they would go to my mom and be like, Lynn, this is what's going on, and she would impart impartial parental life advice mm-hmm. and just remind them that you're worth it. Stick around, you're worth it. Mm. and years later, I still have people reach out on her anniversary and on her birthday, and just, your mother was just so wonderful and such a light in this world that, like, now, 10 years post her passing, I live in an entirely different world, but I live with family that has known my mother and has known very little of me, Mm. to have them remark how very similar to my mother I am, Mm. how I laugh like her, my hands are like her, that I carry myself like her, that I have gesture like her too, that, that I just, I know she's. Well, you're part of her. She's still here. Of course. She, she is. barely left this earth because the best parts of her are still walking and talking and doing their business. We are good people. My parents raised good good people. And I'm proud of that. And part of that is understanding that they came from hard lives too, where they chose to be better people for their children. They chose to set better examples for us, and they chose to teach us to be kinder and thoughtful and considerate of the people around us, and that came from both of them. Like, my father is my sole parent now, and we are close. Like, all of us are close, because we were a single family. Hmm. All of my extended family is over here on the East Coast. So when we lived in Alaska and Montana for 27 years, we were by ourselves. It was just us. It was us five little cuckoo crazy nuts. (laughs) Just traveling around the world in campers and picking up and packing and moving on a week's notice. And that was just us. That was our life. I'll look at Alaska and call it my home because it's got so many core memories for me. And seeing that Resurrection Bay and the ocean meet the mountains so closely, like it, it, it just its a tether for me. I'll always love it. We lived this big, crazy, weird life. And as an adult, I still live this big, crazy, weird life where I don't care. Where I am, Hmm. I'm home. I'm I can I'm a wildflower. Plant me and I will bloom. Just, just get out of my way. Yeah, (laughs) I'm good. I don't need anybody. I'm just I just (laughs) Just just throw me the dirt and let me do my thing and I'm good. Yes, but not a lot of people are like that. A lot of people are very structured. They you know have the same routines. We're like I have no routine, and that's part of my routine is I have no routine. Hmm. I can do whatever I need to do right now, and I just live vicariously through myself that, like, nobody else gets to live this life. Yeah. Nobody. 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 So why not have as much fun with it as possible? Why not enjoy things? Why not try new things, knowing that I'll probably be terrible at them? Like, golf, Liz. I'm so if bad. If you don't
0: want to golf, then I who I know, cares? but I
1: love it. I've never tried it before. Okay. Growing well, up in Alaska, you don't have golf courses. We have one. Are-
0: We've won, and I just found out about it this year. <laughs> okay, this is, like, perplexing to me in itself. Okay, I'm going to find out how many golf courses there are in the last anyway, I guarantee I you point. there's,
1: like, maybe four. There's got to be one in Fairbanks, one in Anchorage, and maybe one on the Kenai. It's
0: the biggest state. And it's cold nine months of the year. <laughs> okay, so, so no
1: golf, no but golf. You,
0: are, you love it.
1: I, I, fa- I recently found out I love it. It's actually a lot more fun than I anticipated. But who cares?
0: Okay, so who cares? But I'm really if you bad suck? at it. Who cares?
1: And that's the best part, right? Is I'm the cart therapist. <laughs>
0: cart therapist.
1: <laughs> when I go out with the
0: girls, they all get stuck in their little heads. Everyone does. Have you? It, ha- oh, ha- I don't. Let me introduce you to the game of golf.
1: Oh, I know. And I'm over there going, Why are we all mad? We're just golfing, guys. And they're like, but my shot was crap. And I've lost that drive. And I left my club. And everything's going to hell. And I hate my fucking club set. And it's like, yeah, I just took three inches of dirt out of the freaking ground, guys. And I'm over here just, we're just golfing. Why is
0: everybody so mad? You haven't played long enough. (laughs) I feel like you've answered a lot of things, which is amazing.
1: Oh, we've just like wandered through an entire conversation (laughs) without having any direction.
0: Have you ever had an experience in life when you had to be brave? Um, Life itself. (laughs) Um, Choosing life
1: itself. Acknowledging that life itself was worth the fight. My childhood was basically one of those opportunities where you kept just getting kicked. (laughs) And it was never my family. And that's like that weird thing where a lot of people's childhood trauma stems from their family. Mine's like the opposite, where my family was the cornerstone of safety. Everything else was at risk. So choosing to be brave was choosing me. I'm my first priority at all times. When I walk into a room and somebody openly threatens me and who I am, like, that's on you. Like, if I intimidate you, that's on you. I've chosen to be responsible for my energy. and. Part of that is being brave. I will do things I am absolutely terrified of because I have one life. I'm going to be f- afraid this whole th- time and do nothing. What the fuck was the point? So regularly I will do things absolutely terrified of them and know that it can't kill me. Everything in this life that I thought to this day would be what would take me out, never did. So yeah, I chose to be brave really young and was reinforced by a family that was okay with that. Mm. Recognize that this is what you are going to be because this is the life you've been handed. Mm. That I've never been a small person, both in size and personality. I was a little chubby child, but I was happy. And that's not allowed. So long ago I understood that. So I chose to not worry about that part, to just live my life, be brave, Pick me and understand that all these other things won't matter. What wakes up next to you every morning is what matters. And if I wake up alone, then I don't have to worry about anybody but me. That's all I worry about today is me. And I think there's something to be said about being okay in your singleness and aloneness that is brave in this world where I don't want somebody because... What material they bring. I want somebody because they inspire me to be a better person and to push further and to grow into new roles. We're just supposed to be changing, Liz. Mm -hmm. Like this whole thing is just, you're just leveling up all the time and you learn something. And unless you learn it and then throw out the lesson with the pain, then you don't get anywhere. The brave choice is to walk through it knowing it's going to freaking hurt. But I've experienced hurt before, and it didn't kill me, yeah so well that's the for-
0: you- I'm not fortunate because i don't want I don't want to say that kids should have should go through that they should not go through yes. that um but yeah, you were yeah, that was thrown at you at such a young age that you really didn't have you saw the hard and you saw the growth from the hard because they, you had to go through the hard, especially that little, like you don't have any other choice no. really like you Kids are resilient. They're only so resilient and they only make up for that with what you give them in
1: tools. Mm. And that's where my family and frankly, a few of my close friends were always, you know, I could count on them. They were a safe place. They were the people that I could
0: come back to. And as long as a child knows that, um, that's super important. This reminds me of a previous episode I did um, in the first season with a woman named Andrea. So Andrea is a she's a therapist. Um I had her on my podcast um in the beginning. And she said and I was talking to her about like how do you navigate this messy world with teenagers and like everything that's going on with social like everything that they just we didn't experience. Um, how to navigate that and how to just Yeah, navigate that scary world. Yeah. And she's like, I just tell my kids that even if you're not wanted anywhere else, you're always wanted and safe. And this is your place is this home under this roof and wherever your family is. And like, if no one else wants you, I want you're wanted here and we want you. And I was just like, that's it. That's all. That's it. it." And you literally just said that that's what your your mom and your parents. That's the message that they gave to you. And look how powerful it is. That is quite powerful. That is, it is because that mean, is because that shaped you, mm-hmm. and it shapes how I shape others. Yes, and like, oh my gosh, you're such a light. Like you really are. Like you're contagious. We're all just
1: trying to walk each other home. Yeah, you know that that
0: quote of we're all just walking each other home.
1: I just want good things for good people. Mm-hmm. I want if you are out here doing good things, I want you to have good things. I want you to get in this world everything you put out, and that's open
0: Hmm.
1: everybody gets that opportunity and everyone should feel love and everyone should feel yeah and you should feel valid for the life you've chosen i mean everybody gets to be somebody in this world you don't have to all be the same person Hmm. that was one of those things my mom used to say it takes all kinds it takes all kinds of people to make this world go round we can't all be the same person there's no need to be just like everybody else all my childhood she reminded me constantly that you do not need to be a cookie cutter You don't need to be just like everybody else. You're not like everybody else. That's the perk of being you, Hmm. is you get to be you. Nobody gets to be you, Mm -mm. but you. And that's like that cycle in your head. And that's that internal dialogue that she instilled in me as a child that now as an adult, it breaks my heart. I watch my peers just rip themselves apart. Hmm. And I'm just like, (laughs) I wish I could just... Like, give you the love that you didn't get hmm. How come you can't? Because some of them are unwilling and mm-hmm. unable to receive it. Okay, yeah. They're not in a place in their life where they can recognize that some things aren't their fault and that some things aren't really something you have to change for others. You can just accept that this is what it is and call it good. Hmm. Make improvements every day. Don't get all in your head that you're not worth a better life, a more beautiful life, bigger love, more deep love, just because somebody doesn't like the way your thighs look. Is that really the most important part of this world? Mm. What you look like? Mm -mm. No. So all my life I've functioned under that operation of if you're more concerned about what I look like than who I am and how I move, You've made the choice for both of us. Mm. And I'm okay with that choice. Just don't think I need to change who I am to make you feel comfortable with me. Mm. You're allowed to be uncomfortable with me. You should, you should be uncomfortable with me. I will challenge you constantly to be a better person. Mm. I will challenge people constantly to step up. Did your parents really raise you to be like this? Because that's shameful. Mm. We're all supposed to just exist. <laughs> We're trying to exist. Mm. Maybe don't make it a point to hurt everybody you can along the way just because you hurt. Hmm. You have to be kind and you have to find that kindness in yourself. If you're not going to be kind, they're not going to be kind. Nobody's ever going to get to kindness by being rude.
0: Hmm. I think it just all comes back to self-love. It has to. I won't talk to anybody in a poor fashion because I
1: won't talk to myself like that. Hmm. That is my first gatekeeper. Would I say this to myself? No. Mm. Would I say this to my best friend Heather? Absolutely not. Why would I say it to anybody? Mm, It's a good reminder. The first sign I have of somebody being unaware of their worth, self-conscious, totally wrapped up in their head about societal standards, that, yeah, no, we all don't fit the paradigm perfectly. And that paradigm shifts every five years. Nobody's ever going to be the perfect version of humanity. You don't need to share who you are with everybody. And when somebody's a crappy person, cut them out. Mm -hmm. It's like a cancer. You can't leave a negative, nasty person in your life unattended. You have to draw boundaries. You have to put something in place that says, nope, this is where this ends. Mm
0: -hmm. You
1: want to talk about being brave? That's being brave is owning that shit stepping away from people that are being horrible and saying that's not me. I'm good. I'm not going to go out of my way to be a terrible person to you cuz that reflects on me. Mm. You're going to do you and I'm just going to continue to do me. And that is the hardest thing people learn in this life is that you have to learn a boundary and separate yourself from some people. I want to live a peaceful life with good people that force me to make Crazy life choices, like <laughs> sitting on a podcast. I've never, ever once in my life thought I'd sit
0: on a podcast. Yes. Here I yes, am. Yes. First time. But that is life. Yes. Life and everyone is. needs, everyone should hear you because you just, uh, your, your messages and your life stories are gold. Seriously. It is, I'm lucky. You're lucky, and you have such a wonderful outlook and attitude, and you've taken so much from it that I think a lot of people can learn from and use in their everyday life.
1: Sometimes I just,
0: I don't know how I got this
1: lucky. Mm. It's crazy because it does come with the bad. But when you really get to that point in your life where you understand this is all of what you make it. The bad stuff can take you down. When my mom passed away, and that was unexpected. It wasn't something that we were anticipating. It was a, I spoke to her yesterday and today she's dead. Oh no. The last thing I ever said to her though was, I love you. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Like, I have no regrets. Mm. Like, she knew she was my best friend. She knew I loved her endlessly. She knew all of us loved her. And it was a quick, exactly what she would have asked for passing, which was, you know, gone. There was no painful hanging out. There was no injury that took her. It was it was a catastrophic blood clot to the heart. Mm. Gone. Sorry. But that would have been how she would have wanted to go. If she was going to have a choice, she would have wanted to go. Without a thought. Mm -hmm. She would not have wanted to have lingered around for months wasting with a cancer or or terminal illness that you can't do anything with. But you just kind of exist until you don't exist anymore. We were medical nerds. She made it very clear how she felt about those situations. She would never wanted to be in a vegetated state on life support Mm -hmm. for long term. If you needed it for a couple days so everybody could come say goodbye, by all means. But do not keep me. Mm -mm. I am not here. Right. So... We knew what we were doing was what she would have wanted us to do. And we all live very comfortably knowing that nobody could have done anything. Mm. There was nothing to be done. But that's part of life. And all my life, I loved this woman. And in your head, you're like, oh, God, my mom ever died. I'd just die. I I can't imagine living without her. What would I do? And then it happens. You hear those words, we've lost her, and you'll never go back. That never is unheard, but it also comes with a certain weaponizing to it. Nothing will ever hurt me like that. Mm-hmm. Like the, thought, the thing I thought would kill me didn't. I woke up the next day and had to figure it all out still. But you don't expect that Like all your life. You're like, oh, God, this is going to be the worst moment. What am I going to do? Oh, I don't even know. And then it happens, and you're like, oh, oh, I have to figure it out. And the person that is involved in this, my mother, mm, that bitch would not be cool with me just, like, losing my shit Mm. and losing myself because that's not who I am and how she raised me. I took that loss and turned it into the power of, I am now living the life that she would want to live if she could be here to live it. Mm. I make choices because they align with things that feel right to me. Would she be proud of everything I've done? Absolutely. Like, that's my number one, like, joy in this life is if she were here today, she would be fucking wigging out. (laughs) That my life is what it is. She is wigging out. That my career has figured itself out. Like, I, I understand now more so than ever, like, this is where I'm going. And this is what I mean for this world. Like this is what I'm meant to do. And this is where I'm going to force all my energy to to just go right here. And that's part her. That that's part her legacy is me. All of me is what she has left. My sister, my brother, like we're it. We have to do good things with this life otherwise it feels wasteful to all of the good she did for us that mm. like to a degree like I do what I do and I move how I move because lynn coon existed and she would hate to see me play small and not chase my fucking dreams mm. because i'm scared and not say yes to things because i don't think i'll be good at them and to avoid things because i might have a bad outcome that i don't think i'll recover from like no i'll, I'll be fine
0: mm.
1: pick yourself up dust yourself off Try again. Yeah. That is life. Mm -hmm. We have no other option. Just keep trying. You're going to find your way eventually. And as long as you're not hurting people and causing harm to yourself, just keep working on it. Eventually things
0: make sense and eventually things work out. Okay. What makes you feel free?
1: Oh, water. Water. I love being around water, being with water. Any type of water. Uh, yes, I love oceans. I love lakes. I like rivers, streams, gorges, fjords, fjords. Uh, even those, you know, solid glacial rivers in Alaska. Mm, so you know, I think it's healing, and I think I do my best work when I'm with the water. And I'm, I'm, I'm a Cancer, so I am a water sign. Mm. I am naturally drawn to my substance that I and I i love water (laughs) it's one of those everyone should love water
0: well yeah so wait when you say you do your best work around water like what does that mean like i'm when i'm struggling with
1: myself okay so we go back to the you're responsible for you when i'm not in a good place one of those first places i will take myself is to the water i will shower i will draw a nice big hot bath I will intentionally put myself in water when I'm having a bad day just because I recognized long ago that I feel better afterwards. Whether it's jumping in the ocean on a, on a good day because we're, we're just loving life. We're going we're gonna to go play in the water. It's cathartic for me. It is an area where I can feel most calm is on water, in water, around water. So like boating, I get so
0: seasick. You worked on a cruise ship.
1: <laughs> oh, I get so seasick. I uh, so I used to work on the yeah on the ocean part, and they're oh sick. I wasn't on like the big cruise ships though, mind you. So like when I worked for Princess, not on the big cruise ships, but when I worked in, I worked at a Kenai Fjord Tours company, okay. which did boat tours out of Resurrection Bay. They would go out around the cape and go to this big glacier front and mm-hmm. let people see the calving of the glaciers and all this. Woo. Mm-hmm. I get violently ill every single time I get on a boat in the ocean. Oh, no. Hawaii, Alaska, anywhere. And it's like, why? I am, I am water. <laughs> why am I not allowed on it? So, like, I, I, I can kayak. Seems okay. to be the smaller the boat, the better I do. Like, I kayaked on the, on the ocean before and been like, yeah, yeah, I'm better at this than I am on a boat. Like, mm. what is this? But water and I, 99.9% of the times, we jive. Unless I have a giant boat between me and it. And then I am going to be feeding the fish.
0: I heard that if you're on a, okay, so if you were on a cruise ship and you are feeling seasick, I mean, obviously you can take Dramamine or whatever, but um, if you fill up the bathtub and get in the bathtub, it'll, your equilibrium will balance out. I have never heard of that. I heard that. That is, is, is kind of cool. Isn't that crazy? I wonder if you have to like kind of get your head underwater so your ears. Cause that's where oh, your, I wonder. That's where your
1: equilibrium goes
0: off as the ears. But I think because you're in water and the water is going to be going with the, you know, because the. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I don't. I might have to take a cruise just to find out, <laughs> Liz. You'll be next to the toilet. So just, <laughs> it doesn't work. Bah. I'm so glad i didn't signed up for seven days. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to get off the next port. And...
1: Mail me oh, home. Man. Put me in a you box. Mean, Liz, it didn't work.
0: That's... Do you think that um, water holds memory? Oh, that is a
1: fantastic and unique question. I think there's a connection there just because it is Mother Nature. And if you are a spiritual person at all, there are people that will say they see things in water. Like they'll, they'll like, you know, like tarot reading mm-hmm. sort of energies that they can look at water and see things on the surface that are, are significant in their spiritual readings. Mm. Do I think? The water can hold memories
0: because it, you know, it flows through so, so much. much. And even if you touch water, do you think it's like taking a bit of? I don't know. There's just this weird concept of water and memory that I think could be.
1: Yeah, I think just like moon water. There's a concept in the witchy woo world. Ooh. I'm a very spiritual person, but not like a practicing. Me too. But moon water on a full moon, they talk in depth about how if you put water under the full moon and then used it for casting, such as drinking it and and doing like I do, like I'll drink it and, and give myself positive affirmations about mm. like the next month. Like, this is what I'm hoping to do this month. And this is the energy I'm hoping to bring into this month. And like, I'll drink the water like that. And like, does that carry memories like in and, and resonance in your system? Like, or an energy? I think it does. There's a lot in this world that I just... I was raised by a Catholic woman who was forced. Her mother passed away when she was young, like under five. And she was raised by an aunt that chose Catholic school as their choice. And she basically was like, you know, pra- practically like Catholic boarding school level of like. Yeah. Yeah. So when she became an adult and decided how she was going to raise her children, she decided to not raise us in religion, but to be respectful of all religions. So throughout the entirety of my childhood, I have been to basically every variation of church. So I don't believe in organized religion. I don't participate in that. Um, I'm also not necessarily a full woo witch. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I definitely think that the earth is kind of funny. And that there's a lot of stuff that we have no control over all we have the control over is how we react to it and how we move that energy in our life because everything is energy. You meet somebody and they can impart a incredible energy upon you like instantly. Like I can I can feel people before I'm like fully involved in them, like friendship, relationships, all that stuff. Like I am I'm able to feel people significantly more than other people sometimes. Yeah. Just like I'll read an energy on somebody and be like, "Ooh," I would maybe not mix too closely with that one, and come to find out later on that, like, yeah, that that was not a person that we needed to be involved with. Certain things that I'm just like a little bit of a radar for.
0: Have you always had that? Yes. When you were little, or I was going to ask if your younger experience is kind of yes. My mother formed that too. Always encouraged me to trust my gut Mm, and
1: to follow my instincts, and she did all the time. And she would do things and she would say things where she's like, "No, we can't. That doesn't feel right." there have been so many times in my life where i have been like i need to go that direction like got in the car and been like i'm gonna go that direction and like immediately like, arrived upon a car accident like shortly after it had happened and sure. been, like somebody that was able to help people and like first time circumstances you know never having met people had like weird interactions where i'm like oh my god you lived in my old hometown you knew uh i my brother Knew your cousin and went to school with him, and like literally, you guys could have hung out one summer and we would have never known. And then five years later, we meet you again. And it's just it's things like that in life that are like cosmic. And sometimes that has led me to some of the most incredible people I've ever met and some of the funnest experiences I would have never predicted, but I said yes to a circumstance and followed what it was mm. that came out of it. And sometimes they were really cool. A lot of good people I've collected over the years that I just randomly met them at a bar somewhere and we hit off a conversation and then, oh, weird. We have these like weird things in common yeah. that you just love.
0: Yeah, and you're like, like, what
1: the what? We're humans and we somehow manage to be spread across this world in all sorts of shapes and forms. You can't tell me that some of us don't overlap a little bit. That Some of us don't all have a little bit of the same energy. like uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson makes a comment about how kind of, we're all just filled with a little bit of stardust. And I like to think that some of us are from the same star and some mm. of us are from other stars. And those of us that when we meet one from the same star, intrinsically we know, like we're, we are of the same carbon. Mm. We get each other in a fashion that's just freaky funny. Mm. And I've met people like that over the course of my life that I've just been like, ah, oh, damn. If you're not a lesson, you're a blessing. Mm-hmm. sometimes. You are the lesson. Sometimes you are the blessing. Sometimes you don't control what you're going to get in this world, and you just do what you can with what you get. For a really long time, I was not accepted. Me, as a, as a full-fledged adult, even walked through many experiences where who I was was upsetting mm-hmm. because I am the antithesis of everything that everybody's scared of. Exactly. It's all fear. I am a fat woman that is not afraid, mm-hmm. and I'm not Small, and I don't play small, and I don't want pity, and I don't want people to feel bad for me. I'm not mad about the life I live, and that really enrages a certain demographic of humanity, because I am living in a body that, in their mind, is the worst thing that could ever happen to them. How can you
0: possibly be happy? Exactly, and you're so happy.
1: The worst thing that could ever happen to them is me, but I choose to not live in a a mental
0: cage that bound. that person thinking that is probably the worst thing that you no. could think of as being yes yeah so it. I mean I and I, I
1: understand that wholeheartedly which is why sometimes that conversation is really hard with other individuals where I'm like yeah you're not fat you say that casually as a dig at yourself and not think about the fact that you're standing right next to me mm-hmm. and I am fat
0: People just shouldn't be using labels anyway, but.
1: In a derogatory fashion, too, where it's intended to be a dig it yourself. That, like,
0: how am I not supposed to be a little bit like, hey, are
1: you okay? Yeah. Do you need support? Because I'll be there for you, but not if you're gonna continue to, like, think that being fat is the worst thing you can be in this world. You know what you could be? You could be a dick. You could be an outright jerk, and that is worse than being fat.
0: Well, and having some awareness of, like, maybe around just, you. Yeah. Like, do you not see people around you? Do you not
1: see me like I, I, I'm every time I've ever brought it up, like with a friend or something, been like, hey, I think you should just think about how you are saying this. Well, you're not. I don't think of you like that. I'm like uh, how you think of me is different than how it is actually. In the eyes of society, I am negative on, on social credit. I have to be all these other extra things to be worthy of time and place and respect for a lot of people. There's hundreds of thousands of people out there that are loving and wonderful and do not look at me and go, ugh, Nessie. There are equal parts that do. And you all walk amongst each other wearing the same clothing. And it's not until you open your mouth and tell me who the heck you are that I start going, okay, we don't hang with Sally like that. Sally's lovely, wonderful person. We'll grab drinks socially with friends. But would I bring you to the inner sanctum of girls night? No. Not unless you're ready to have that mind discussion about why why. your brain is on a loop that tells you that you're worthless. Maybe we should work on disrupting that loop versus everybody else is the problem and it makes you uncomfortable. Politics? Politics? Religion? What is Is there something else? What is it? It's politics, religion, and buttholes. Everybody's got something different. (laughs) Everybody has one, and they're all different. So just... (laughs) (laughs) Everybody also feels like theirs is the best one, too.
0: (laughs) I don't ever... That thought never even... Whatever. Okay. What do you know to be true other than buttholes?
1: (laughs) That this world is freaking beautiful. That we are a bunch of freaking carbon stuck to planet Earth, whirling around a sun in a galaxy that is one in dozens that we aren't aware of, but we have no idea if there's other life in other galaxies because we're literally teaching ourselves. We're only as smart as the first brain that's smart. Like, we're humans. We can only be as smart as like we are. There's like a limited amount of intelligence on planet Earth each second. If we thoroughly think about it, the brain is teaching the brain everything it knows. Mm. We're, we're struggling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're struggling. struggling.
0: <laughs> Just a little bit. But the world's still a beautiful place.
1: But we're The struggling. world's still a beautiful place. We're struggling as a society because we don't look to the world as a beautiful place. Mm. We spend so much time stuck in the negative, wrapped up in all of the bad things that are happening. Nobody has time to look for the good. You spend all day consuming trash, both in politics, violence. There's all these things that you can consume on social media. What I know to be true is cut yourself off from some of that. Mm. You have the ability to curtail what is involved in your life. I am vastly aware of all the bad stuff that's happening. I can't outrun it. So I choose to put in front of me good stuff, beautiful stuff, stuff that's growth enabling, things that challenge my mindset that I'm not alone in this world in some of my mind games that, oh, other people feel the same way. Other people question their worth, recognize that we live in a an amalgamation of everybody's wants and desires. No one person can be everything for everybody. But we live in a society that wants to tell you that you have to look exactly like this or nobody's ever going to want you. And you have to behave like this or nobody's ever going to want you. You just have to have discernment about what you're consuming outside of your physical food diet. Mm -hmm. Your mental health is also a mental hygiene. You have to be proactive about sorting out garbage and pushing aside stuff that doesn't contribute to your overall growth so I make a choice that the what I consume is intentional I don't have television I don't read tabloids I don't purchase tabloids I don't look at tabloid websites uh like all that drama stuff like I I don't follow drama channels on YouTube Mm -hmm. I follow Brene Brown love her love her mel robbins love her love
0: her glennon doyle
1: love love there's just there's a wealth of knowledge out there right and And you you can surround yourself yes what you consume and part of that is what you consume as a media resource what you bring into the closest parts of your life and who you allow in are going to shape who you are Mm -hmm. so it's important to have comfort people people that know you recognize you and call upon you and people that challenge you, but in a healthy, respectful way. What's the Benet Brown? Nobody's coming to help us. Nobody's coming to do it for us. Yeah. We have to do it ourselves or it never gets done. You can't hope somebody's going to show up for you. You have to keep showing up for yourself. Right. So that's the truest thing I've ever known is you have to show up for you first.
0: I want to ask you one more thing before we wrap up. Sure. I know your thoughts on God, I think. Like, I'm guessing you just, it, God is more of a universal thing. It's not God. Yes. I'm not, and I'm not trying to speak for you. I just, I no. know you. No, you're acting. You already kind of spoke about that. So You're accurate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> have you ever had a paranormal experience? <laughs> <laughs> Which one? The
1: one this year, like two years ago. Okay, yes. Yeah, so, okay, so I'm... Okay. I, I joke ahead. I'm haunted.
0: Okay. Well,
1: it's not even like things. It's me. Like, I am either open and they feel comfortable contacting me, so then they just choose to, or I am physically haunted and I carry the spirits around with me. I don't know which I one it is. I don't think that you're
0: haunted. Oh. I feel like you probably have But not like a
1: bad way. Like, I'm not like haunted. Like, like I, that's cursed. why I tried to explain with like... I feel like they'd recognize I'm open mm, sure. so they can okay. contact me and communicate to me. But like we're not like talking like I hear voices or anything. Okay. Um, like I've had weird physical contact. Like uh, it's like really hard to describe because like it's a visual thing. I have a rabbit. Okay. She lives in my room, she's free room. And for a long time, like I'd get this like tugging sensation at the foot of my bed. And for the longest time, I thought it was her playing with the blanket or the sheet hanging off the end of the bed. And one night I'm laying there in that semi lucid state of like, I'm actively was asleep. I'm not so asleep now. And I'm kind of aware of what's going on. And like, I could feel like fingertips. Like, if picture a piano and somebody's running their fingers up and down the piano like this. Mm-hmm. And I like jerk awake, and the whole room is in black and white, and like I can't move, and I can't see anything. There's nobody in there, but like the whole room is just it's black and white shadows. Like I can see it's my room, Mm. but it's just black and white shadows. And I'm like, okay, I'm I know I'm I'm lucid dreaming. I'm I'm I am sleeping, and I am not fully asleep or fully awake. And I need to get to one of those stages,
0: Mm. like sleep paralysis. Yeah, like I'll
1: like grab myself and wake myself up. Yep. And like I've woken up with like physically like having marks on my arm from having like squeezed myself. Okay. To wake myself up. Mm. And I've had lucid dreams where I'm in house fires, where I'm being chased by bears, where I wake up in rooms and there's just something wrong with the room. It doesn't look like it's supposed to. And then like in this occasion I woke up. It is sunny. The room is lit and bright and normal. And my yellow curtains are casting a beautiful glow. Nothing like what I woke up in my dream. And that those three things all happened all at the same time where it was like, oh, oh my God, that what was touching my feet? Mm. What was touching my feet? And I have a 100-year-old house that used to be a chicken coop. Okay. Oh. That like there's any amount of history attached to this whole entire house that like... Oh. They're probably chicken. Chickens. I've lived in other houses. So in Seward, there was a 1964 earthquake, okay. which resulted in the 1964 tsunami. We lived... For a year in a house that was surviving of that date mm. mm-hmm. the floors were uneven it was basically like a chink log old cabin yeah. style house and I'm standing at the sink with my brother's friend Caleb we're washing dishes it's the two of us in the house with my mother and she is sleeping on the couch in the room directly next to us I can see her she's sleeping and we're standing there washing dishes next to each other and I hear shh be quiet and I look at him and he looks at me like instantly and I'm like what the fuck was that and we like look around the house we like look around to see if anybody was in the yard no tv no nothing we couldn't figure out where the hell it came from but we both heard it (sighs) in that same house the very first night we were there my mom let me have a sleepover and she allowed our male friends to come over and hang out before we went to bed And she was at a dance with my brother, chaperone, like literally two blocks from this house. And Luke decides to go in the hot water, like in a closet, like there was a closet where the hot hot, hot water heater was. And he walked into the closet, closed the door behind himself, and then within moments starts screaming bloody murder, stop touching me. And I'm like, oh my God, like we're trying to open the freaking door from the outside and we can't get the door open. (gasps) No. and he's just, like desperately trying to get out from the inside It's like six so shit. he we get him out of the closet he runs into the living room he picks up the blanket off the floor like wraps it around himself like like huddled mm-hmm. like like the only thing hanging out is his face and he sits down in front of the heat and he like tries to catch heat into this blanket and he's mm. just shaking and he won't stop shaking and like he won't talk to us and he sat there like that for like Probably twenty thirty minutes, and then when he was done, and he was like, "Calm down." He didn't want to talk about it. Wouldn't he wouldn't talk about what happened in the closet. Has he ever talked about it? No. To this date, I've never heard what happened in the closet.
0: That house was the one that the one that got hit by the tsunami. It I, survived it survived the earthquake and the tsunami. And the tsunami. Um. So it's
1: like got decades of spiritual. Oh, so much energy. Energy and, like and, attached
0: to it. And like I just thought of like him being in the closet and being grabbed obviously that could be so many things but i was just like thinking about people getting swept away by water and like grabbing and not letting go you have to wonder right just you so just, many you just things have
1: to well there's just so much about it like that's I mean, i'm a firm believer that ghosts do not intend harm okay if we want to be absolutely logic based about this let's let's really think about it have we ever heard of a ghost actually physically killing somebody, documented-wise? No. I don't think so. Because if there was, we'd have a lot of dead white men. Look at all the stuff that has been done to minority groups in this nation. Right. Yeah, okay. But if so, there could be ghosts that cause physical harm to another individual, don't you think there'd be a lot more dead people?
0: Yeah. Well, like, energetic karma that... karma is real.
1: Right. Sure. Karma is a menu... You are served what you deserve. There is no options. What you do in this world, you get back wholeheartedly.
0: Well, thank you. Seriously, so much. Seriously, thank you. Yes. I've had a good time. And uh, it was a lot easier than I anticipated. And
1: most of that is because it's you sitting across the table from me. So yeah, you just we find joy in each other. Yeah, for sure. And that's an acceptable human. Yeah. Interaction. Yeah, I knew your
0: I knew your your energy right when I laid eyes on you (laughs) (laughs) it's hysterical that it took us like seven eight months to even
1: get to this podcast
0: yeah that's okay because like life has just been lifing yes hey this is and I respect everyone's time it's it's um I don't I put it out for people and when they're ready they can come on and because you have to be ready it's not a it's not oh I I can't wait for you to have to sit and edit this so I'm excited I mean hello I do this all (laughs) the time um. Yeah, being vulnerable isn't easy for everyone, but I'm glad that you are so Ugh, easily able to share your story. It's a badge I wear. Stories. I've earned it. Yes. I get to wear it. Yes, you do. All right, my dear. I'll be Adios, seeing you. my Liz. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I am so lucky to be able to talk to all these amazing humans on here. So thank you. Also, I have had a really crappy week. Actually, I've had a really crappy month, a couple of months. When it rains, it pours. And it has been a freaking monsoon over here. But I am trying to stay positive, And listening to this episode just made me feel better. So if anyone's going through something out there, which we're all going through something, you got this. Maybe not right now, but you got this. And I believe in you. Take care of yourself, everyone. Have a great week. And we'll see you back here next time.